أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد uh, in this Mubarak 19th night of uh, Ramadan we continue our reading of Moana Sayyid Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, his uh, biography, biography of Imam Ghazali and his life and times <coughs> in his uh, uh, the translation of his uh, saviors of the Islamic spirit um, thereby also looking to draw some lessons and some uh, wisdom for the time that we live in uh, as well uh, and uh, one of the interesting things before we continue our reading uh, for tonight uh, on the purpose of writing Ihya uh, I was uh, reached out to by uh, uh, one of the pious and learned brothers who is active in the, um, the the space of political activism. And he had mentioned, he said, subhanAllah, how there's so much insight in Imam Ghazali's blame and censure of the people of his age uh, accepting, uh, accepting grants from uh, the corrupt and from those rulers and those wealthy people who put strings attached with their money and their grants. And uh, he brought up a very valid and a very excellent point that that's happening uh, nowadays as well. And, <clears throat> you know, Ramadan has become like the month of fundraisers and the fun month of fundraising pitches. But uh, don't, uh, you know, dismiss those pitches too quickly. Why? Because if we don't fund our politicians, if we don't fund our activists, if we don't fund our scholars, uh, there's somebody else who's waiting uh, in the wings to fund them and they're going to have strings attached. And uh, <clears throat> if the, the, the pious and learned uh, are not funded, those people will fund uh, jackals and hyenas who will masquerade around in the guise of scholarship and in the guise of leadership and in the guise of political activism and social activism. And uh, literally, we have the roadmap in front of us of how those who are antagonistic to the deen of Islam in the day and age that we live, uh, the roadmap that they've drawn out uh, and paid uh, each other consulting fees in order to figure out. And uh, that is there in the Rand Corporation's study that they put out <clears throat> in the early 2000s about the strategy of moderating uh, American Muslims. And when they say moderating American Muslims, they're not saying that we want to have people, you know, fast every other day instead of every day. What they say is that we want to have American Muslims that we don't care if they identify as Muslims as some sort of quasi-ethnic identifier or, you know, that they don't eat pork or whatever. Um, we just don't want them to actually believe in Islam and, and we want them to be pliant uh, uh, without any sort of beliefs or moral compass, so that they can also be part of this, uh, part of this economy and part of this, um, you know, just mindless, uh, uh, mindless like machine of, of, of just turning uh, everything into money and turning everything into garbage in the pursuit of money. And uh, their <laughs> their their plan that they had was uh, after identifying uh, different groups within Islam was that as far as possible, people who have a Muslim cultural identity but are secular in their outlook and in their beliefs, uh, that they should be supported. And uh, 
that they should be pushed, especially when it comes to uh, people who don't take uh, the sacred texts of Islam as sacred, especially when it comes to those people who wish to push uh, uh, homosexuality and uh, sexual uh, immorality in general as a, a part of their agenda while keeping some sort of quasi-Muslim identity and especially those who claim quote-unquote Sufism uh, 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 which has nothing to do with the tasawwuf of our forefathers but everything to do with uh, uh, you know uh, basically w w using a gesture to wave off the sacred law and the sacred creed of Islam and uh, 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 in order to you know embrace some sort of uh, new age, uh, you're okay, I'm okay uh, 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 type of feel-good uh, humanistic Islam uh, that uh, that the human being is the center of rather than God being the center of um, that has no real uh, effect on a person's life at all. And that master plan was drawn up so long ago and it was comical, it was ridiculous. I remember when I first read it, I was like, this is so stupid and it's so transparent, it's like such an easy play. And subhanAllah, how they've stuck to the script and how they've been uh, slowly making progress and getting some some results from that, from that script. So now we have... <clears throat> American Muslim, uh, 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 quote unquote, Muslim, uh, you know, uh, politicians who get represent, you know, who represent uh, uh, their districts in Congress and in different, uh, um, you know, uh, different areas of the political sphere. And they're, uh, you know, identified as Muslims openly and uh, they get support for that reason and they actually even get opposition for that reason. And uh, by and large, they actually support a political agenda that is beneficial in some part to Muslims. But at the same time, you see those people, you know, doing ugly things like dancing at the gay pride parade or saying that, like I refer to Allah as she, billah, um, all of which are, you know, just really morally degenerate and possibly tantamount to kufr, if not kufr itself. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a fitna, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue. And by and large, uh, this is one of the reasons that, uh, you know, one of the silver linings in uh, what has otherwise been a debacle in uh, the rise of uh, uh, alt-right white nationalism, uh, you know, basically the fancy way of saying the Klan getting elected to the federal government is that, uh, is that you know, that whole cast of fruity, you know, Islam light, uh, uh, you know, and when I say fruity, it's not only just a, you know, a, a, a slur at, um, at alternative uh, lifestyles. It's not a slur at alternative lifestyle. But when I mean fruity, I mean like fruits and nuts, like people who are just uh, multicolored, but like of little, very little substance um, that, that are, look, the token Muslims that are, uh, you know, that are there representing Islam or whatever. And like overnight, all of them were just dismissed and like jobless. And I was, I just said, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the, on the Muslim community in America, even though wrapped up in these people getting elected uh, are so many harms. And uh, I definitely still have sympathy with all those who are harmed by them, by the Muslim ban and all these other things and wholeheartedly support uh, opposing, uh, uh, you know, those policies that harm our people, um, uh, both as Muslims and as Americans. Uh, however, uh, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, on the flip side, you know, there's a silver lining in it that, uh, you know, those people who, uh, you know, want to come to, uh, uh, you know, iftar in the White House and then Obama, uh, you know, will say, hey, you guys got to support Zionism and stop opposing Zionism and uh, stop opposing those people who basically, you know, treat uh, uh, Palestinian Muslims and Christians in their own land 
as uh, uh, as like subhuman beings and uh, are more or less actively perpetrating a genocide on them and uh, then expect us to stand up and clap for them. And those people who expect us to be like, oh, look, we supported you, your human rights. And therefore, now you have to now you have to stand up for, you know, for, for uh, you know, us to our you know, right to sodomize one another and have that enshrined in the law as like marriage and things like that. That's that's completely bogus. And people who take money from programs like that, people who take money from programs like CVE, which are predicated on <clears throat> on the idea that Muslims have some sort of unique, uh, you know, inclination toward violence. Well, billah, um, that's all. That's all nonsense. That's all just. That's all just like the the soft agenda of the clan. And, uh, uh, you know, people who get funding for them, they deserve a, a Ghazalian call out. And uh, there are many people who are doing the bidding of, of, of tyrants at home and abroad. There are many people who are doing the bidding of the corrupt and the evil at home and abroad, some of whom actually have, you know, buried in a white paper somewhere in the back of their NGO, uh, stated uh, uh, very clearly their um, mission and goal and, and vision in life uh, for having an Islam that has no faith in it and has no uh, submission and no uh, Quran and no hadith in it, um, you know, just, you know, eating samosas uh, in Ramadan uh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, having Eid parties and, uh, you know, Eid banquets uh, of a twisted variety in different government offices. Um, there are many people, that's their stated goal, and they're literally funding people in our community. And those people are getting taken seriously because they have funding. And, uh, you know, there are two things. One, we can obviously, you know, call out culture and like, you know, you're a sellout, you're a sellout, you're a sellout. Um, that's fine. Uh, and some of that is actually very substantial amount of that is not only needed, but when, you know, the claim of people being sell sellouts is made, it's oftentimes true, even though sometimes it's uh, made nonchalantly uh, uh, and, and in a destructive way. But oftentimes it's true as well. But on top of that, we also need to fund our own people. We need to support our own people. We need to grow an organic uh, class, scholars, activists, and leaders that represent us. Otherwise, what's going to end up happening is exactly what's been happening, which is what the Democrat Democratic Party picks, uh, uh, you know, a token Muslim, and then the Muslim community says, "This is this is our representative," and then uh, the Republican Party will pick a token Muslim, and they'll say, "This is our representative," and then this interest group picks a token Muslim, and they'll say, "This is our representative." And CNN uh, or, or Fox News will pick a token Muslim and they'll say, this is our representative. And those are the people who, by and large, uh, the Muslim community takes as their leaders. And, uh, you know, people oftentimes say, well, why don't you call out names? I go, if you if you're not able to uh, objectively name at least like five or seven people uh, easily from what I, you know, from the descriptions I gave, you know, uh, then you're probably not paying attention. But the point of this dars is not, um, not, not to, you know, rectify or straighten out the entire, uh, you know, American Muslim scene. And there is parallel, parallel silliness and stupidity that occurs in, in England. There is parallel, uh, although it's a little bit of a different flavor, but similar parallel stupidity that's opening, happening in the Muslim communities in France and in other parts of mainland Europe. It's definitely happening in Canada. I used to live uh, in Blaine on the border with uh, Vancouver. And Canada is ahead of the curve. Like this, uh, you know, cultivated class of like, uh, 
uh, of, of um, you know, no sharia, uh, uh, no, uh, you know, moral or val moral values uh, type uh, Muslims, you know, like tokenizing and ethnicizing the hijab uh, type of Muslims. Um, you know, I've been dealing with them since I was in high school uh, and uh, they've been ahead of the curve over there. Uh, this this is a, an issue that occurs everywhere. And uh, just because, you know, Ghazali, you know, was calling out people who... Uh, uh, who took funding from like you know despotic Turkic warlords, uh, and now you know you know it's not Turkic. There's no more Turkic warlords left in the ummah to, to or like corrupt bureaucrats left in the ummah to give this money out. At least on in, in the lands that, that that we live in as minorities. Although, mashallah, they seem to be in no shortage uh, on both sides of any number of uh, foreign uh, disputes, both in the uh, the Arabic speaking and non-Arabic speaking world. Um, the point of, of this darsh is what is look at the usul, look at the principle. And then you can apply it to uh, any number of different, uh, any number of different uh, uh, permutations in real life. And the problems they had then are not exactly the same as the ones that we have now. And the ones that that'll be there tomorrow are not going to be exactly the same as same as the ones that we have today. But the usul are are the same all throughout. And in the usul and the principles, there are. Um, a method to uh, you know uh, identify and to diagnose make tashkhis of uh, of the problems and to to you know try to look for solutions in the places that they're more probably going to be found so if you want this is probably going to be the closest thing that we're going to have to a, a fundraiser for rebat this year in ramadan uh, you know go to the the PayPal link in the SoundCloud uh, uh, page and support it and then go and, you know, support those people like Brother Dawood Walid and, uh, uh, you know, by Hassan Shibli in care that are like, you know, holding down the deen and, uh, you know, uh, being activists, you know, speaking out, uh, speaking the haq, you know, go and support those people who you see, you know, those Imam Zaids and those types of people who you see that are people of knowledge, but they're conscientious, they mix with the people, they have concern for the people, they have concern for the poor at home and abroad, their, uh, you know, their hands are, are in the work of uh, supporting the oppressed, their hands are in the work of teaching, you know, go support those Dar al-Qasims, uh, those Dar salams those Masjid al-Hudas that are actually mixing with the people rather than just making, uh, you know, uh, YouTube uh, and SoundCloud recordings from the void and uh, not getting their hands dirty. You know, those people who are talking to the, the regular Musallis and counseling the people who are having marriage problems and, you know, counseling those youth who are wayward and like whatever. Go, go support those people, you know, fund their work so that they're there to do something so that when the jackal and hyena public come with their funding with their cve funding and with their like you know uh, coalition of the uh, of the rainbowism uh, uh, supremacy council of uh, north america and uh, uh, you know the type of people uh, with those grants come there will be somebody there that can coherently and cogently uh, 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 you know Clarify what is haq and what is batil, what is what is a benefit for a believer in this world, and what's a benefit in the hereafter. Otherwise, there are many mercenary and ronin people uh, uh, who have some knowledge of Arabic that's more than that of the average Muslim and that have some knowledge of history that's more than that of the average Muslim and have some knowledge of tafsir that's more than that of the average Muslim and have some knowledge of fiqh that's uh, uh, more than uh, uh, you know that of the average Muslim. You know, there are people who do attend conferences about about the uh, you know the different uh, I don't know foundational aspects of the Quranic orthography or whatever in which they you know they they you know serve wine during the day in the conference in Ramadan 
And, uh, you know, those types of people are there and they spend years in those environments studying and they then thereafter uh, are, are taken as authorities, uh, authorities as authorities for for the Quran in our community. And that's 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 ridiculous. That's completely bogus. You know, I don't have to cast an aspersion on whether a person is a Muslim or Kafir for a person to know that that's probably not the, you know, the pristine spiritual well that everybody might have hoped that uh, it would be. You know, otherwise, this is going to be your leadership. You know, your leadership is going to be uh, Khizr Khan. I feel bad for him and his wife that their son died. Uh, but he's not a hero of, of, of the Muslim community, nor is he someone we look up to. His son died so that uh, gas can be, you know, a buck fifty cheaper per gallon. And uh, that's really sad. And we pray that Allah forgive him and uh, accept him as we do for every single Muslim. But that's not that's what not what makes you a, a, a hero to us. That's not what the purpose or the objective of the Prophet ﷺ being sent to this world was. Um, you know, but, you know, that's as long as you keep accepting these things from other people and don't support your own uh, native uh, 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 community, native leadership, native activism, native agenda. I mean, we don't even have our own agenda for God's sake. We don't even have our own agenda for God's sake. There are Muslims um, that are activists politically and they will support, uh, you know, support those actors that are literally perpetrating genocide in Muslim countries. Why? Because, you know, the whatever liberal or conservative uh, sensibilities that, uh, you know, of those political allies that they have will ally with uh, some, uh, you know, bigger uh, world scale actor um, that uh, uh, that that's perpetrating those those genocides. So Russia has their hand in something. China has their hand in something. America has their hand in something. The UK has their hand in something. France has their hand in something. And the thing is this, right? I'm not saying oppose Russia for the sake of opposing Russia, you know. Nor am I saying Russia is a good country. I'm not saying oppose America for the sake of opposing America. America does a lot of good things, and they do a lot of really horrible, horrible things. Uh, uh, you know, and, and when I say they, I mean we, because we're part of this country as well. Allah forgive us. You know, we have a right to speak out against those elements of our country, not only a right, but a duty to speak out against those elements of our country who are gung-ho for doing that kind of nonsense. You know, the UK is the same. France is the same. We're not for against any country for the sake of being for or against any country. If some people do something right, then we commend them. And if they do something wrong, then we oppose them. And the, uh, you know, the thing that you need to have in order to say, well, is this person doing something good or bad? You have to have an agenda yourself. You have to have an agenda yourself. And people say, well, having agenda is like, you know, it has a connotation of, of, of just being selfish or self-centered. Well, if your agenda is based on some sort of moral purpose, then your agenda is moral. It's not self-centered or ethno-centered or nationalistic or whatever. We have to have some sort of moral uh, agenda and then uh, weigh what, you know, quote-unquote allies or uh, adversaries do based on that. In fact, even more simple than that or more, you know, uh, uh, primary than that is we have to have an agenda to be able to objectively evaluate who is our ally and who is our adversary. Um, uh, but, you know, and, and, and we have to be mature enough to be able to know that, uh, you know, someone may uh, side with us on 18 different uh, things, but if they disagree with us on two, then we disagree with them on those two things. And uh, it doesn't mean that we, you know, we throw in uh, those two two things in the in the bag is like buy buy nine get one free. That's not how morality works. That's not how dean works. That's not how spirituality works. And ultimately, even these uh, uh, you know humanistic and worldly secularist materialist type people, they also hold their morals close to them, and uh, they're not willing to give those things uh, up either. 
you know, and uh, sometimes you can stand your ground with, without, you know, saying that, you know, I completely love this person or I completely hate this person. You can say I agree with them on these 18 things and disagree with them on two. But if you don't, if you don't have, you know, a, an agenda, then you cannot make a plan. If you don't have a plan, you can't mobilize people. If you don't mobilize people, you don't have leadership. And leadership isn't that someone is crowned king and then afterward people mobilize afterward. You know, you have to start working and then it becomes apparent to you naturally who is the person who's best suited to lead. Uh, but uh, you know, this is this is all really important stuff. We got to talk about all of these things. And uh, the fact is that uh, not only do we have to talk about these things, but the people talking about these things have to not only be active, but they also have to know something about the dean so that when they make these decisions, they don't make completely horrible and unprincipled decisions. And there are literally like five or six major groups of uh, uh, people. And when I say groups, I don't mean like name a group. I mean like taxonomic uh, uh, homologous groups, groups that have like adopted like five or six different strains of deviancy in, in, in their, uh, you know, attempt to cope with a difficult situation out there. And the way to mitigate that deviancy is what? And I think they're good people. You know, they're trying their best. I don't speak out against a lot of them just because I know they're trying their best. They're not doing it because of uh, any sort of malicious intent, but wrong is wrong. Uh, the way to correct that deviancy is what is that you have to you have to every single per, every single person has to study a modicum of fardain from their fiqh, from their aqidah, and from their tasawwuf. And in the tasawwuf syllabus, it's not just theoretical knowledge, but you also have to spend some time sitting in a dark and cold room saying, Allah, Allah, and uh, spend some time in the company of the pious and the righteous, and spend some time in particular in the company of a mentor who has uh, spiritually made it to a place that you believe that a Muslim should make it to. And then you have to, uh, you know, you have to be able to hear hard advice from such a person in order to keep yourself on the correct path uh, until until you can have every single person who's in that room have at least that much knowledge of deen under your belt and then on top of it you know have uh, those people who are specialists in the the type of activism or politics or work uh, community work that is at hand as well as a number of people who are specialists uh, in in the ulum uh, uh, that have you know that are the uh, the the embodiment of the command of Allah Ta'ala Lola Nafara min kulli firqatin that it is not befitting of all the, the believers to go out in the path of Allah all at once. Rather, there should be some people uh, who should stay behind and they should uh, uh, spend all of their time in an intense study of the deen so that they can, uh, after great effort develop a deep understanding of deen and so that they can warn their people meaning those subject area uh, uh, and subject matter experts and those uh, leaders and those people of experience that when they sit together all of them all of the above sit together in order to form policy that he can sit with them and uh, uh, they can uh, uh, they can warn them that these are the hudud of Allah Taala. You uh, don't cross these lines, uh, lest you invoke the, the the anger of the Lord, or you lose the help of the Lord that is there in in not crossing such lines. Uh, uh, then it, it, this doesn't work. And the weird part is, like in America or even in the modern nation state in Muslim in the Muslim world, oftentimes ulama are not invited to those. 
uh, uh, to those circles. Part of it is because not all of them are competent in order to sit, sit in them. But it's not the case almost ever that there isn't someone who is. And those people should be brought in. And that's a cost of doing business is having those people. It's like, you know, a cost of suing somebody is you have to hire a lawyer. You have to have those people and you have to actually bring them in. And you have to carry the, the difficulty of bringing such people into that, that, that discussion if you want to have any of this be of any use to you on the day of judgment, much less in this world. Uh, but further than that, one of the reasons that those people are not included in those uh, discussions is because they don't bring uh, they don't bring, you know, money or they don't bring votes or whatever uh, to the table. And that's the perplexing part of today's ummah. That's the defeated part of today's ummah. Why is it that Sultan Muhammad Fatih, who has no need for a, an alim, why is it that uh, Usman Ghazi, who had no need for a sheikh, you know, Orhan Ghazi had no need for a sheikh, you know, Chalabi Sultan Muhammad, who was himself a learned man, uh, you know, he had no need for the learning. Why is it that those people used to keep the ulama and their privy council? You know, the Ottoman Empire, you, you know, marshaled the strength and marshaled the, the, the economy and marshaled the, the military and marshaled the uh, cultural strength all to what? Uh, in order to uh, execute the, the, the writ of the Lord in the land. And they did uh, a better job in some things than in others, but at least they tried, you know. Uh, uh, why is it that those people can marshal all of that together despite having less need of, uh, of anyone's help from the ulama class than we do nowadays in, uh, in other more publicly uh, dependent uh, uh, ventures of Islam? We live in an age of democracy and without popular mandate, no government can actually produce economics and produce the military and the, uh, the innovation, the, the, the innovation and technology. Uh, uh, or you know any number of things they can't produce it without having the populace on board and the populace is never on board if they f feel that the government is uh, is you know is not morally altogether uh, and so why is it that they brought those people when they had less need need of it when it was a more elitist model of of governance and that was a viable model unlike today uh, you know, why is it that they could bring it in and we, we just can't? We just, even in our own masajid, we can't bring it in. We can't, we cannot bring ourselves to respect the, uh, the aqwal of the, the fuqaha and of the, of the ulama and every person who gives a donation or gets a vote in a damn election feels like they can override the sharia of Islam at a whim. You know, why is that the case? You know, that's a type of sickness. That's a type of, uh, that's a type of sickness in our, in our qawm. And, uh, you know, we need to do something about it, you know, not only by supporting our own leadership, our own activists, our own scholars, but then, you know, uh, accepting a certain type of operation and just completely not accepting another, uh, which is, which is uh, you know, 100% and totally un unacceptable and nonsensical, to be very frank with you and very honest with you. So I think, you know, this has taken up a majority of our, uh, our, our majlis for tonight, but it it needed to be said and i think uh, i think the uh, the the imam who uh, contacted me and asked me to to share uh, uh, you know these words and uh, uh, you know i thank him for 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 giving me that nasiha and uh, i think it was something that needed to be said and talked about and if your masjid is not doing this if your organization is not doing this if your conference is not doing this you know if they don't have the ulama there that you know in such a position that they can tell what the boundaries and the the hudud of the sharia are and they're not part of the they're not part of the uh, uh, you know the, the the conversation and if it's made up of people who don't have a basic modicum of fiqh and a basic modicum of aqidah and a basic modicum of tasawwuf not just from lip service or from like 
unstructured, loose uh, attendance of Friday khutbahs uh, and conferences for over the years. But from actually sitting and having read a matan, if they cannot name the matan that they read, that they know that this is solid information, this tells me, delineates to me what I know, what I don't know, what I might know, what I might not know. Uh, if they can't, if if they can't list that they've even put enough that much time into the the deen in order to. Uh, understand even that much then you know i'm not saying that they're not a muslim but you have to question how seriously they take uh, the ulum of uh, of the wahi and uh, uh, you know if anything i'm saying right now is not uh, uh, you know in in you know f- fitting into the the scheme that imam ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala we described for his uh, you know uh, for for his program for the islah of the ummah in his age and for ages afterward then uh, you're more than welcome to let me know how and you're more than welcome to uh, you know continue the conversation with what you think is best so Mulan Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi continues we'll read just a little bit for the sake of uh, having the dars inshallah and we won't go on too long he writes about the purpose of the ihya he says the ihya al-Din is not merely a book of criticism one of the objections underlying this book is to reform and islamize uh, muslim society uh, Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala really intended to produce a work which might be self-sufficient not only for the education and discipline of the seekers after the truth but that it might be uh, also an adequate guidebook for educators and preachers serve as an encyclopedia of the Islamic sciences and may uh, be used as a manual of injunctions for the Islamic way of life he wanted it to be a holistic, uh, a holistic work he succeeded in making uh, the book a compendium of Islamic beliefs and practices, measures required for the purification of the soul, disciplines of moral measures required for the purification, uh, uh, sorry, d- uh, required for the pure, disciplines of moral conduct and cultivation of a mystical awareness of the truth. Uh, and the book also presents a striking example of its effectiveness. Many of us uh, would have shared the experience that the Sheikh Allama Shibli, Shibli Nu'mani, who was a great uh, 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 mufakir and thinker uh, uh, of the Indian subcontinent, Islamic thinker of the Indian subcontinent um, in the uh, late 1800s, perhaps early 1900s, uh, and a great muhaqqiq, a great research scholar who produced a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful uh, 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 seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and seerah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, and just wonderful historical analysis and criticism. Uh, unique, uh, uh, really should be translated into uh, Arabic and English if not already uh, already done so, who said that every word of this book has a magnetic effect on its reader. It takes hold of him and pulls the strings of his heart. This overbearing effect of the Ihya is perhaps because it was written by Ghazali at a time when he himself was filled uh, and deeply impressed with a feeling of a higher awakening. And, uh, you know, I don't claim any maqam for myself, but the magnetism of this book, anyone who's read it, uh, you know, you can ask them if they felt it or not. I definitely feel it, uh, not only uh, in the Arabic, which is overwhelming, but uh, sometimes certain books have certain spirituality in them that even through the centuries, even through a translation, even through all sorts of different barriers, the spirituality kind of reaches through and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 knocks on the door of your heart. The inner experience of unseen realities giving an insight into the higher realms through which Ghazali had made himself pass um, and which is reflected in the Ihya sometimes makes its uh, readers disenchanted with the world. It creates a longing for solitude, penitence, contemplation uh, and devotion and produces an awe and reverence of God peculiar to the Sufic way of life which is often harmful for a person's health. Uh, the writer of these pages has himself experienced these feelings while going through the Ihya 
uh, for the compilation of this book. It is perhaps for this reason that the mentors of uh, the mystic disciplines uh, uh, do not advise novices to go through the hiya in their initial stages. Perfect moderation and temperance can indeed uh, be had only through the study of uh, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and the prophetic biography in the company of a religious teacher who has modeled his life in accordance with the uh, teachings of the sharia. The ethical philosophy of Ghazali. Being an eminent scholar, jurist, dialectician, Sufi, uh, Ghazali was also a propounder of the Islamic ethic. He studies in ethical philosophy, uh, fathom the mysteries, uh, sorry, his studies in the ethical philosophy, fathom the mysteries uh, of head and heart and exhibit a penetrating insight into the eternal values of life. In fact, Ghazali has left such an indelible mark on the subsequent thought uh, uh, that no study of Islamic ethics and ethical philosophy can be deemed complete without a mention of Ghazali's thought and his writings on the subject. The Ihya is a masterpiece of Ghazali on the subject, um, uh, 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 on this subject too, in which he, like a true thinker, sets out to examine the innate uh, psychological dispositions and impulses uh, uh, actuating ethical behavior. And so, inshallah, I think with that, we will uh, go ahead and call it a wrap today. The next, uh, uh, the next uh, um, relatively long passage is uh, a critique uh, that Ghazali makes of the soul and its yearning for jah, for honor and position. Uh, and uh, inshallah, it will be a rewarding study uh, that we will get to tomorrow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to uh, hear uh, the the words and accept the best of it and benefit from the best of it and bring it into our hearts and into our lives and uh, bring reform uh, through it for the better inside our own hearts and souls and in our communities uh, in our uh, our our uh, you know gatherings and congregations and in our uh, nations and in our ummah in this in this world and the hereafter wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh